to Proverbs chapter 29. Before we get into this, um, I'd like to seek the Lord in prayer. Have you ever had one of those days where you just can't get your mind straight? <laughs> um, let's try to get our minds straight. I've been having one of those days. Um, distractions galore. Um, but let's, let's seek the Lord in prayer. Let's seek his guidance as we, as we journey through his word a little bit. Lord, I thank you that you're always good to us. I thank you for the times where it doesn't feel like you're being so good to us. I thank you for the distractions in life so that we can learn to overcome them, so that we can learn to seek after our priorities rather than being sidetracked. Thank you for this opportunity for us to get together at a time, a scheduled time every week where we know when we know where we can get together with people and, and worship you, to delight in you, to seek you through your word, to seek what's in the scriptures, where we can seek each other's benefit as we pray for each other. Lord, I pray that we would be full of love for each other and for the community and for the world around us. Lord, I pray that we would not just gather together as a bunch of clanging cymbals, but that we would gather together in love and in unity, lest it all be for naught, lest every time or dollar or resource be wasted because of the lack of love. I pray that you would calm our hearts. I pray that we would put aside any ambition, any opinion, any desire, any pursuit that is not right here in front of us in this book and amongst us as your people who get to worship you freely without restraint. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs 29, 18. Now, this is a, a verse that many of us are familiar with. Um, however, I have seen many different articles written on this verse that prove that a correct understanding has not been searched out. Proverbs 29.18, could somebody read that verse for us? 18. Yes. Okay, and that's the version of that verse that most of us perhaps have heard in the past. Does somebody else have a version that doesn't say quite the same thing? No, Go ahead. And there is no revelation that people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. And that, and that version actually captures more of the intent of what, what can be seen if you look at the Hebrew and kind of what the what the root words mean, what the, the, the kind of image that they cast. Because one of the interesting things about Hebrew and Greek is they're very, they're very visual languages. They cast pictures, and, they, um, and it's just very interesting to look at, the, look at how these words work. But in this verse, um, this verse has often been used to describe, well, everybody needs to have a vision. Everybody has to have a goal for their institution or for their church. And that's a good thing to have, but that's not what this verse is saying. 
what this verse is saying is where there is no revelation. And that's, that's kind of an image of like a prophet guiding the people. A prophet telling the people the words of God. Uh, the proclamation of the will of God for the people and how to follow him. If, there is, if there's no revelation of these things, then it's kind of like the people just turn into the book of Judges where every man just does that which is right in his own eyes. For there was no... Does anybody remember how that popularly follows? There is no king in Israel. There is no leader. There is no one to, to set forth the way and to tell the people how to be. And in the, this is the same train of thought. If there is nobody to guide the people according to God's will, God's law, the people naturally just cast off restraint. They just kind of do whatever seems right to them because there's nobody guiding them. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. They forsake the law of the Lord. But happy is he who keeps the law. You can see how that train of thought flows a little bit more um, smoothly than... You need to have goals, you need to have a vision, but happy is he who keeps the law. That doesn't really seem to flow as much, but when you translate it more according to the base of what these words mean, you kind of see how that train of thought goes. People need to be shown what the word of God says so that they can follow it. Because if we're not constantly reminded of the way, then we will just kind of naturally fall into our own way. Or the way of society, the way of our culture, the thoughts of, you know, whoever just happens to be talking, because we all know that somebody's talking, right? Somebody's always talking. Somebody's always telling us what they think we need to do. Somebody's always telling us what they think we need to believe, or long for, or want, or accept, or reject. We need to see what the Word of God says. We need to follow the priorities and the will prescribed for us in the word of God. And that's what he's talking about here. We're not supposed to follow the opinions and the guides of extra biblical sources, extra meaning outside, sources that are outside the Bible. Our first and foremost desire and passion should be what is in the word. That's what I want to prioritize. That's what I want to follow. Opinions are great and they can be helpful or they can be harmful but what's in, word, what's in the word of God is always authoritative, it is always right, and it is always satisfactory. Now look at Jeremiah chapter 6. Isaiah, Jeremiah chapter 6. And I'm going to read these verses. Jeremiah chapter 6, starting in verse 16. And this is another passage that I have seen many people take out of context, particularly verse 16. And we'll talk about it. Jeremiah chapter 16, 6, starting in verse 16, going through verse 21, says, Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see. Ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not listen. Therefore, hear you nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will certainly bring calamity upon this people, the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not heeded my words, nor my law, but have rejected it. 
For what purpose to me comes frankincense from Sheba, and sweet cane from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifice is sweet to me. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will lay stumbling blocks before this people, and the fathers and the sons together shall fall on them. The neighbor and his friend shall perish. So we kind of see a string here, starting with kind of what kind of a similar um, idea as we saw in Proverbs chapter twenty-nine. He says, "Stand in the ways and see. Ask for the old paths." Now I've seen many people translate that old paths as the way people did it in the '60s, <laughs> or the way people did it in the '70s, or the kind of music that we listened to in the '80s. Or things like that. That's not what it's talking about. It's not our old paths of our nation, of our, the way the church has done church. What he's talking about here, what do you, well, let me just ask you, what do you think he might be referring to by, ask for the old paths where the good way is? What in the world might Jeremiah be prophesying from the Lord about? What are the old paths? Okay, the way God originally designed it. And where do we find the, his original design? Like, where are we supposed to know about that? Further back. Further back, yeah. <laughs> Further back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. First, primarily, we're referring to what was written in the law or the, or the Torah. The Torah was what the people would have viewed as, as viewed as as the word of God. You have the prophets, you have the Proverbs, you have the Psalms, and, things. Now, and that was authoritative, that was the word of God too, but the Torah was what people followed. The Torah was how they found the beginnings and the instruction of how everything is supposed to work in God's kingdom. So what he's talking about here is, go back to the Torah, look and see what the Lord has desired of you. Go back and look and see what you're supposed to follow. I've shown it to you. I've shown you where you've come from. I've shown you what I've done. It's all written. Why have you left me? Why have you sought after other gods? After everything that I've shown you and after everything I've done in you, why are you looking for other things? You know, he even says, I think it might even, it's either in Isaiah or Jeremiah, but I think it might be in, in Jeremiah. He even says, you know, it is in Jeremiah. Every other nation who worships idols, they don't leave their gods to follow other gods. Worshippers of Baal don't go and worship Molech. They are, I mean, every other nation is um, faithful to their false god. But you, the ones who actually have the real god, have been just, you have shifting eyes. Like the husband who just is looking at all the other ladies instead of his wife. All of y'all have been unfaithful to me, the one true god, when everybody else is faithful to their God, they're false gods. So I, I charge you, God says, stand in the way and see, ask for the old paths, come back to me. Come back to everything that I've shown you. Come back to the word. Stop doing whatever is right in your eyes, whatever fancies your, the opinion of the day. Stop, going at, stop prioritizing your thoughts. Prioritize and come back. To what I have already shown you. The authoritative word of God. That's where the good way is. Do you want to know the good way? It's right here. Read about it. God's given it to us. 
Walk in it. Don't just read about it. Do it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But then the people said, we will not walk in it. Also, I set watchmen over you saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. Now, why would a watchman sound a trumpet? Somebody who's on the, on the top of a, of a, uh, a city wall looking out. He has a trumpet in his hands. Why would he blow that trumpet? Yeah, because there's an army coming to attack. There's a danger that the people need to know about. Rich, is that what you were going to say? It says he sounded the alarm. Yeah, he's sounding the alarm, right, because he saw a danger. An army's coming. He's saying, I set watchmen over you. And those watchmen, he's talking. Who do, who do you think he's talking about? He's talking about literal watchmen on a wall. Who do you think he might be talking about? What watchmen have God, has God sent the people sounding a trumpet of alarm? Prophets, the prophets, people, you're in danger. You're going to be overcome. (laughs) Return. I mean, that's the big idea of what the prophets are talking about. The prophets are not necessarily, their purpose was not to say you're condemned. Their purpose was to say return. Because if you don't, condemnation is on the other side. It's coming. And if you don't turn back to God, to the old paths, You will be overtaken. Listen to the sound of this trumpet. But what do the people do? (laughs) We will not listen. It's interesting because he talks about that person that's supposed to be sounding the alarm right after they said they refused. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you a warning. Yeah. And he says, Mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean, we didn't read this verse, but in verse 15 it says, or wait, not 15, 14, he says, they have also healed the hurt of my people slightly or falsely, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. The people would rather hear they're okay. Everything's okay. Just just be okay. Just recognize that everything's okay. You don't have to be afraid. So they falsely healed the hurt of the people, saying, peace, peace, where there's no peace. When God sent watchmen trumpeting, saying, things are not okay. None of you are okay. You need to come to me. But they didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to hear it. They wanted to hear, everything's okay, just business as usual. Go do your business. Love your families. Be a good neighbor. Just everything's okay. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. False healing. It's like putting a, hey, Jayla, if you were to be playing, maybe you're climbing a tree and you fell out of that tree, what might happen to your bone? Your, maybe your leg. You might, you, might, you might break, okay? Now, what if you came, well, we would have come to you, I guess, because you would have had a broken leg and you'd be laying there. <laughs> and daddy came out and he would say, Jayla, it's okay, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. I brought a Band-Aid. <laughs> I got a Band-Aid, I'm going to put the Band-Aid on there, and everything's going to be fine. Would you think that I was right? No. Even, you know, even though you don't know anything about medicine, right? Like, how, how are we supposed to heal a broken leg, you know? Maybe Miss Judy could tell us. <laughs> right. You'll need more than a Band-Aid. But the people 
were healing the hurt of the people falsely. They were saying, they were looking at a broken leg and saying, I have a Band-Aid. <laughs> It'll be fine. Just slip this. This easy. I'll just un undo the little paper. I'll put a little Neosporin on it. And I'm going to put that Band-Aid on there. And everything is going to be fine. Even though those people knew that this broken leg was going to be a problem, the people didn't want to hear about that. They wanted to go back to work. You know, how, how many of you have ever been in that situation where the doctor tells you, Man, you've got, you have to take off some time. You have to take off of work because of this ailment that you have. And your response was, I don't have time for that. I have to go to work. I have to do business. I have to go make some money. Has anybody ever been there? Nobody? Okay. <laughs> well, somebody's been there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the opposite. Right, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But these people were giving them false peace because the people didn't want to hear it. God sent them messengers saying, you're not okay. Here's why. And here's what's going to happen if you don't turn back to God. The people said, I don't want to listen to that. I want to listen to these other people over here who are saying, it's okay, just... You'll be fine. Verse 18, Therefore hear you nations and know, a congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will certainly bring calamity on this people. Say, here's the trumpet. The fruit of their thoughts, because they have not heeded my words, nor my law, but have rejected it. They don't care about the old paths. Then he goes on and says, For what purpose to me comes frankincense from Sheba, and sweet cane from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable. Nor your sacrifice is sweet to me. They didn't care about God's law. They didn't care about the roots. They didn't care about everything that God had done or said. And they were still trying to sweeten their sacrifices. The frankincense to provide that beautiful aroma. The sugar cane to mix. Maybe they were, I don't know exactly what the sugar cane was used for, but maybe they were mixing it in with their sacrifices, the bread, to make it more sweet, like a sweet bread. To make it more delicious. God says, I don't care about a sweet, how, how your sacrifices smell. I don't care about how they taste. I know you're trying to make them all nice and pretty and stuff. But I don't care. Because you don't care about my law. You don't care about the word. You care about what you want to do. You care about your opinions, your desires, your ways. You don't care about mine. Why do you think I would want your sacrifices when you won't even go back to the roots? Of what I've already said I desire from you. When I already have laid out my will for you in the scriptures of what I expect of you, you don't care to look there. You don't care to look in this book. Why would I care about anything that you do for me? Allegedly. It doesn't matter how it smells or how it tastes. It's not for me, it's for your own sake. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will lay stumbling blocks before this people, and the fathers and the sons together shall fall on them, and their neighbor and his friend shall perish. Because the people didn't want to what God said. They wanted what they wanted. They didn't want what God wanted. They didn't want what God said. They didn't care about what he actually wrote or prophesied. So, here's the trumpet. You all are going to fall. You're going to fall. And I'm going to be the one that makes it happen. What did, what did Jesus tell to the churches in the, in the book of Revelation? If you don't repent and return to me, 
I will snuff you out. I will remove your candlestick. You will be nothing. Jesus did that. Jesus snuffed them out. The devil didn't do that. The culture didn't do that. Jesus did. Because the churches did not want what Jesus wanted. The churches did not prioritize what the word says in their various capacities, in their various problems. So Jesus took them away. Just like God is saying, I'm going to put a stumbling block in front of you because you're not going to, you don't listen. You're not returning back to the word, what I've already said. Anything anybody wants to mention, comment about that? You're exactly right about that. People back in this day didn't say OMG. They didn't do that. That wasn't part of their culture. It wasn't part of conversation. The way they took the name of the Lord in vain was exactly what you're talking about. They, they would say something in the name of the Lord, but then they would go and you know not follow the Lord. Or they would vow a vow in the name of the Lord, and then they would not keep that vow. They would be using the name of the Lord to get what they wanted, but they wouldn't be actually serving the Lord or submitting to his law or anything like that. So they were using God's name for their own benefit unlawfully. That's really what taking the name of the Lord in vain was. You know. But no, that's a good question. In the Torah, it's just Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's what the Torah is. Um, and that's really what contains the law of the Lord, the will of the Lord, and everything else in the Old Testament kind of grows out of that seed that's planted. Everything else kind of comes from out of that. Everything else can be, anything else that's stated in the rest of the Old Testament can somehow be traced back to something in the Torah. So the Torah was, it's the roots of the Old Testament, the roots of Jewish life. Everything else came from that. And that's what I understand a lot of times that what Jesus quoted from the New Testament, he took out of the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah. Yeah, Deuteronomy, Exodus, Leviticus. Anything else? And just like, you know, Paul, and this is a subject for another day, our Torah, in a sense, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything comes from that. If Christ be not raised, then everything's in vain. That's where everything funnels down into. But that's a conversation for another day. Anything else?